0: Welcome to the Seen, Heard, Accepted podcast, brought to you by the Valentin family. Join us as we talk about what it's like to grow up neurospicy and queer in a world wired for normal. Please remember to click subscribe and share this with your friends.
1: Please, we're desperate. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Seen, Heard, and Accepted podcast. Today I'm here with... Maddie.
2: Tanya. Wayne,
1: and we are going to be talking about autistic burnout and meltdowns, yeah, and <laughs> general lid flipping stuff. Wow!
2: Yes, Sorry. the old lid flip, the old lid flip. Um, autistic burnout generally when something really small can set somebody off in such a way they trying to communicate with them in any way or form. Can you, you, you can't do it. It's the the brain has shut down. It's gone to base function, and there's just zero communication.
0: Um, yeah, and often that's kind of like the tip of the iceberg, right? Because there's so many things that kind of like accumulate over a space of time to kind of result
1: in that thing. Yeah. in that meltdown you know like it can be what sensory stuff feel but... so your vulnerabilities you know could be that you didn't eat enough or sleep enough or have enough time to recuperate your spoons you know it's your vulnerabilities that create that little kind of crack in in the glass the ice um and then that one small thing such as um the food that you want isn't being cooked for dinner um or, like, something small changes. Um, like, you just sit in a different place at a table and you just lose it because you're not able to cope with that at that point, moment. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: and, like, uh, for me, when I'm having a meltdown, it's kind of like, could you just be like putting on a, a nice little clothing? It doesn't feel right, it feels scratchy, or like, all of a sudden all your clothes decide to jump out at you from the cupboard or fork, fall. something falls and it's just kind of <laughs> <Yes>. like
1: <laughs> the yeah. end of the world. Yeah. They all just jump out at you at once, right? I it's know. Kind of scary. <laughs> What's it like for you, Maddie? What
0: what contributes to meltdowns for you?
3: Uh literally the tiniest things, like things that usually would not piss me off or make me upset in any way, like if I dropped something and spilt it. I'd usually be like, oh, it's fine. I'll just clean it up. It's no issue, right? But if I'm already like nearing that point and I drop something, that's it. That's it's over, you know? Definitely different stages of it. And there is a lot of things that can contribute to it. It, it can be like sound, sights, um, touch. Literally any of the five senses could contribute to how you feel. Um, in that situation. And I mean, how my, um, one of my counselors in the past explained it was, it's, it's like when you reach that point, your your brain goes off the stairs. I'm sure mum can explain this way better. And that's like why it's called lift flipping or something like that. Like when you have reach that point, I, I don't know how, I'm sure mum can explain it better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it's just that, you know, you kind of have um, so you think just if you can imagine your mind, because you can't see it, what I'm doing here. But um, pretty much if you think about your hand and you've got like the like a fist and you've got your thumb in the middle, um, like your the bottom of your hand is your brain stem, The middle part of your brain, like the little thumb in the middle of your fist is like your emotional part of your brain, like the fight, flight, freeze stuff. And then like your fingers going over the fist is um, like the rational part of your brain. But when you're in that sort of flippy sort of phase, when you're kind of heading towards a meltdown, your lid is starting to rise and rise and rise. And it's just like that one little thing that kind of like flips the lid. And then you can't like access any of your logical thinking anymore. You can't regulate yourself because you're just like... The lid is not engaged anymore. Hopefully that sort of explains it. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally perfect. Dirational, Thank you
2: so much. The, the rational side of your brain is just not there. It's yeah, gone. No. It's it's not gone it's totally forever. Gone. It's just literally out of contention for the moment. And all that's there is uh, brainstem function. And you want to do one of two things, fight or flight. And hence you can... Or
3: freeze. Or or freeze, freeze,
2: sorry. And that's when you get these the meltdowns, which looks very different in many people. Some people, they'll lose their their poos, lose their shit, and have an absolute unrationalized tirade at somebody. Um, Or you'll get uh, uh, the more serious um, ones is when you girls well, not you, not particularly. I'm the only girl. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> when, when, Maddie, when Maddie or or Theo, they just go into a little huddle in and just you're talking to a brick wall. You, and I, that I found very difficult as a parent, not being able to communicate to my child and see what's going on. And I didn't, if only I'd known what I know now, man, things could have been so different. And even as a bubba um, uh, uh, you I doubt with you no, I know you won't remember because you are a bubba baba. Um I couldn't deal with your meltdowns in quote quotes because they I didn't know what they were then and I now know what they were and just I couldn't deal with I, it. I just couldn't.
3: I I do remember. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I've got a very good memory. It's a it's a perk of being autistic. A lot of people, you know, the memories,
0: yeah. Um, you know, some of the other things that you might notice if someone hit, is having a meltdown is they might try to run away. Uh,
1: yeah. I've done that a lot.
0: Um, they might try to harm themselves. Yeah. So, you know, grab something to try to harm themselves, start scratching at their face. Um, scratching
2: at their arms. At,
0: uh, banging the head against a wall um hitting themselves hitting themselves um maybe even just hitting somebody else mm-hmm. or trying to harm somebody else and um it's something that you can't like control you know mm-hmm. I, sometimes when i have a meltdown i have this like little voice in my head that's going you you shouldn't be doing this but you just cannot
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can't rein it in you can't control what you're saying or what you're doing at that moment
1: no you don't have any rational thoughts at that it, point moment <clears throat> You're- it's a
3: very
0: out of
1: body
3: experience, um, and 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 sorry, Morgan, were you going to say something? Oh, no, you can go ahead. No. Uh I was going to say that also. You can be a lot like verbally harmful in those situations as well. There's a lot of situations where I was having meltdowns and I would say things, and then afterwards, people around me would be like, "Did you?" like no you were saying these things and i was like no i wasn't like logically thinking through i'm saying these things you know like i'm not meaning to harm you it's just my brain is not working it's on fire essentially just the meme with the dog in the house that's on fire that that is an autistic meltdown this is fine it's just the dog drinking the coffee in the house on fire you guys know it Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
0: yeah Yeah. absolutely no
2: no i'll find it
0: though (laughs) (laughs) um how like as post like the other sort of ex- part of the meltdown sort of thing is the shutdown. And it's kind yeah. of like when you go like situationally mute, you just kind of have to be by yourself. You might not, um, you might go nonverbal. Um what what's what's which is a similar sort of triggers, but it's kind of like an implosion into yourself rather than like an explosion, which is the meltdown. And, how 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 do you guys experience that? How does that feel for you when you're having a shutdown?
1: Honestly, a lot of the time when I do have explosions and shutdowns and stuff, I don't really remember mm-hmm. what I was really feeling at that moment. I do not have I have gone nonverbal before and I actually had a um, a meltdown one time when I was nonverbal and I started talking and I just wasn't ready to to talk yet. I was kind of saving those, I didn't have a lot in me. And so sometimes it's easier to just not talk or not do some certain things and just even just lay in bed and not do anything all day than, you know, talk and do stuff because you just don't have it in you. And if you do do those things outside of your capabilities at the moment, then you're going to have more shutdowns, more meltdowns. And sometimes you just have to reserve all that energy that you have so that you can stay alive, I guess, you know, a bit of a still a fight and flight response, fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. And for those parents who are listening, if your child
0: is in shutdown mode, yeah. As Morgan's pointed out, it's really important not to try to force them out of the shutdown before they're ready because it can trigger meltdowns and, know actually make the situation worse so good point there Morgan
1: yeah just wait until they're ready uh there's a lot of great people that are creating like um especially for nonverbal um people uh like hoodies and stuff so they're able to respond in those like moments where they have shut down and can't talk um like yes or no on the sleeves um so they're able to like point and still kind of communicate how they're feeling and um what they want because you still have needs and you still have wants it when you are in those like moments you know um and so it's important to still listen to them and um communicate um with them during those moments as well don't just let them be you need to still connect and connect. engage yes exactly <laughs> yeah
0: yeah absolutely some great points there um what's it like what's it been like for you meddy I mean a lot of the
3: time I'm just you get very in your head when you're in those situations you don't you're not talking but there's at least for me I still got a lot going on in my head at all times and it's just constant berating and people are trying to communicate with me and I'm like why can't I talk why can't I just respond just respond just respond and you just physically can't and it just makes you want to cry your eyes out and it, it, it's it's very dangerous vicious cycle that you can get yourself trapped in when you do go nonverbal verbal because there's a there's a point where it's like have I been quiet for too long now you know
1: no yeah and is it would it be weird if I started talking now I feel like it's, yeah start talking now like everyone's gonna look at me weirdly they're gonna ask me all these questions now and it becomes very yeah. I mean, to actually start talking again and that's a very scary thing so you need to let it be a safe environment not make a big deal about it when talking eventually resumes mm-hmm. yeah that is a
3: big big thing I'd like to point out um in, in a lot of situations especially if someone has gone non verbal may it be an hour a day a week it, it when they do eventually begin to open up and communicate verbally again it's very important to not overbear them with questions and things like that in the beginning give them space welcome it uh, just try and be as supportive as possible and 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 definitely ease back into you know very deep and and hard conversations because there's probably a reason they were nonverbal in the first place and you know it might be really difficult for them to be verbal again, it might just send them back, you know, it's it's a whole situation.
2: It wasn't the and, peanut butter and syrup sandwich, it was something before that, something yeah. different, like you, yeah. saw, you know, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, in most cases, both shutdowns and meltdowns are just your body's response to a accumulation of stress and sensory overwhelm and things that have just kind of reached that point where it's just yeah, you, you don't have the resources inside your body to deal with them anymore. And so you just either explode or just become really quiet and nonverbal, and you just yeah, yeah. can't do it. Yeah. Some great points, guys. I think it's going to be really helpful for people to to hear that. And um and I think for parents as well, trying to support their children who perhaps are in meltdown or shutdown.
1: Yeah. Um, I today. I go to therapy. (laughs) Um, I go to DBT therapy, which um, if you have the opportunity to go to DBT therapy, I would highly recommend it. Don't don't think about it, just do it. Um, So you may be asking, what is DBT? Uh, DBT is a type of therapy. It stands for dialectical behavioral therapy. And um, psychiatrists recommend it for people. Who are neurodivergent? So that could be uh, bipolar, borderline personality, autistic, ADHD, Um, and I mean, I've been going to it for quite a while now, and I found it very, very helpful. And today we were learning some great skills to use when we do get into those big moments of distress, those meltdowns, those shutdowns. What are we supposed to do when that happens? We need to get ourselves we need to downregulate so that we're able to make clearer decisions and not hurt ourselves and other people around us. Um, and so dad, what, what is your thoughts? Like, what, what do you do when, 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 when we're having a meltdown, what's your first it?
2: Ice, get ice and not for the rum and Coke. You grab ice and you apply said ice like for, for, for Maddie. I, I, I give them ice. They hold it in their hands and, Um, that that helps them it shocks them to a closer point of clarity it's not anywhere near clarity but it just brings them back just a a fraction more Um, and I learned something from Morgan today from her dbt (laughs) therapy um, because we had a situation a while ago where I think it was Theo Theo had a meltdown and first thing I went for was the ice. It only took me about 10 goes to realize that I need to get ice on these these kids of mine. <laughs> um, Anyway, so I, I get home after this panicked phone calls from Morgan and things were going down and I rush to the, to the garage and I grab some, some ice out the freezer, only to be told I don't want ice. And I was like at my, my very proud moment, just Total deflation and I didn't know what to do. It's the
1: same thing. I was like, ice,
2: ice. <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do now? I, I've got nothing. I've got no more tools. Why is Tanya not here? She knows how to fix this stuff <laughs> because my baby was away um was out of out of town at that moment. And we we, we had to deal with this, this stuff ourselves. And I didn't know what to do. And if only I knew what I know and what I learned today <laughs> is when they don't want ice. They don't get a choice. You get, they get the ice. (laughs) They get the ice and the ice might be on their hands. It might be on their backs or on Uh, their necks. Uh, So I'll let Morgan carry on from this point because uh, she did start this. So uh,
1: yeah. So the best places to put it is the back of the neck, uh, the forehead of the eyes or on the cheeks. And what the ice does is it like shocks you from the, the dye response Something about para vagus nerves and
2: oh yeah, the vagus nerve. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's
1: because well,
0: it's it's kind of like when you're in their their fight, flight, freeze. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's not dorsal because dorsal is when you're in shutdown. Yeah, it's the other one. But I can't remember what yeah. it's called. Yeah,
1: but anyway, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, so it kind of shocks you to get out of that initial fight, flight, freeze kind yeah. of situation. Right. And so once you've done the ice, you do that for about, you know, 20 seconds to about a minute of that cold, you know, not even if it's ice, if you have like water, like cold water, uh, got tell them to go for a cold shower that can also help anyway, just intense cold temperature um, is what you need. And then after, you know, they've gotten that initial shock of the cold, you need to do intense exercise, I'm talking like two minutes of star jumps, anything, you know, yes, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. And you may be like, why would I want to do like two minutes of star jumps when I'm having a meltdown? And I was thinking the same thing when I had a meltdown, and I started doing two minutes of star jumps. I was busy bawling my eyes out doing star jumps, but I stopped crying because I was like, this sucks. I don't like doing star jumps. And you kind of get out of that thought of like all those like, spiraling thoughts inside of your head because now you're doing star jumps and you're like I really don't want to be doing star jumps right now this sucks like I'm so tired like what the hell am I doing you know it it works you know and these things aren't supposed to like you know bring you out of like this distress it's supposed supposed to bring you down from like a 10 to like an 8 so you're able to make more clear decisions
2: although
0: this is probably like you, you probably need to be sort of kind of like able to sort of still make the decision to get the
1: ice or whatever no this is yeah or,
2: no this is somebody if you're doing, helping this yeah, is but if yeah, if helping if you somebody by
1: yourself yes absolutely but i think even if you were at that 10 highly distressed right like oh my gosh oh actually i can explain this yeah. right let me finish talking about tip yeah. and then we can go to stop <laughs> yeah. okay um but anyway right so you did the exercise yeah right and now you're like, okay, now you're gonna start doing your breathing. So we're gonna do box breathing or like a rhythmic kind of breathing. So you know, like breathe in for four seconds, hold for eight, breathe out um for nine seconds, mm-hmm. and you do that for I can't do that, but I just I breathe at like a steady pace, you know. Mm-hmm. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna start tensing up all your muscles. So one by one, like starting at your feet, working your way up, tensing all your muscle groups individually and then breathing in as you're tensing and then exhaling as you're um, relaxing your muscles. Hmm. And by doing that in that order, right? And I know it seems like, oh, how will I know to like, you know, do this muscle thing at the end, right? Well, that's the thing where you do it in stages. You start with intense temperature, go into like, you know, temperature, intense exercise right Mm. and it really just you know all those the the way that you work yourself into these steps you know it helps you kind of you will have more like thought at the end of it to be able to tense all your muscle groups I know it sounds really weird but with practice it makes a lot of sense actually you know I found it really helpful it brought me from like a 10 to a seven and I was able to start actually talking about how I was feeling we started using you know then you can use other skills in your toolbox after that you know then you'll be able to talk and understand what's actually going on why why are you having this meltdown instead of just kicking screaming running away trying to harm you know um yeah now yeah you know like hopefully if you did get into like these types of situations if you're a teen Um, who's listening or an adult who goes through meltdowns as well if you are having a meltdown try to think about uh the first thing you can do is go step into a cold shower or grab ice you know or if your child's doing that Mm -hmm. but when you do start having those initial thoughts of you know I'm about to explode Mm -hmm. I'm about to explode you know Mm -hmm. stop Mm you guys okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you
2: no. told us to stop. We stopped.
1: <laughs> stop. Stop. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. talking like stop. Like, imagine a stop sign in your head and just stop, freeze. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything. Right? Mm-hmm. Now you're going to take a physical step back. Right? Stop. Take stop. a step back. Yes. <laughs> and now you're able to, once you've taken that step back, you're able to observe what's going around. You can describe what you're seeing, what you're feeling. Um, And then after you've, you know, kind of observed what's happening going on around you, you know, you're able to proceed mindfully, whether that be, you know, like, oh, this meltdown's coming on. I'm going to go take a cold shower right now. Mm. You know, I am going to get myself to a safe situation. I'm going to leave and go for a walk because I don't want to punch someone at work. Um, Mm. You know, it's kind of the, mm-hmm. those those types of things. Sorry, Maddie, if I made you bored. What? No. No. <laughs> oh, no, these these are really
0: helpful. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah. 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 And
2: it'll be very helpful, I'm sure, for for people. Um, also parents, they can they can for of young'uns, you know. Yeah. They can yeah. they can mm-hmm. help them with those two yeah. very helpful um insights. Maybe, maybe yeah.
1: uploads like um. Skill those two skills onto like a onto the website or something yeah yeah absolutely um, so can, that you're able to like look at it and be like okay yeah like because the acronyms obviously yeah, stop yeah. and stop yeah. and able to like read through it you know yeah but they are definitely very helpful skills for the breaking point you know yeah. or like I mm-hmm. of the meltdown to help you bring you down to a level where you're able to have a few clearer thoughts mm. yeah yeah
3: um I'd also just like to say there are are definitely situations where if you if you're sitting here and listening to that and going well there's been situations where I've had zero control um I just want to say I get you I understand you um the best thing you can do in that situation is call for help Mm -hmm. no matter what state you are in there is a possibility you can call for help I have called for help when I have lost my eyesight completely from hyperventilating that my entire body's numb, I can't move. I've still been able to scream for help and someone has come to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, Other things that could help as well, um, if the person who is having the meltdown or you're the person who's having the meltdown and you're really sensitive to noise, um, just putting hands over eardrums and blocking your ears as tight as possible, that pressure and, and that silence will help significantly, like massively. And I just thought I should share that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's important to know that different things work for different people. Absolutely. And, you know, we're giving exactly. a bunch of ideas and skills here that um, are extremely helpful. And I think it's important to, you know, um, to try them out you know, when, if if you're, if you're able to, um, and, and, you know, see what works for you and your family and your child or, or you, um, and because like, you know, no, no autistic person's the same. Absolutely not. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we're speaking for what's worked for people in our family, Mm -hmm. but, um, we don't speak for all autistic people. And so, (laughs) you know, um, it's really great to have a range of tools in the toolkit.
1: Absolutely, and also let us know um, if you have any skills that works for you and your family that
2: we could share with our listeners.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Also, just just to add one thing: um, talk to your friends, talk to your family, let them know how you feel, so that they can help you when you need. Life is short; it does need to be shorter.
0: And, you know, I think sometimes when you're in that really hard place, sometimes you feel like you're going to be a burden to, the, to your loved ones. You're going to feel like perhaps they don't want to hear from you. And, you know, our minds can go to really dark places. But, you know, if you have people in your family that you love and support, you are never going to be too much for them.
2: No. No, Never.
0: And so you know, um, just, just your
2: family wants to help you, your friends want to help you. Yeah. You might not see it, but they do.
1: You are not a burden, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in the moment it feels like I am. Okay, much.
2: <laughs> but you're not. Yeah, say-
3: yeah. Well, when you're in that 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 difficult situation, yeah. it can feel like that, and I we've all felt it. Trust. It's a human human experience
0: but I like as a mom I never get tired of my kids calling me when they're when they're having a meltdown when they need me I'd much rather them call me and give me the opportunity to help them than um, the alternative and the alternative Um, and so yeah just you know on the whole thing was with, with meltdowns too and shutdowns is they can be if if you notice somebody in, in you an autistic person in your life or yourself is having increasing meltdowns like that you're having them almost every day um they're getting worse and worse you need to just um remember that that can be a warning sign that perhaps you are heading into burnout and so you know, we need to and and at that stage it's really important to reach out and get um get help from people around you that can support you. Stop looking at me. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just I'm just scanning the whole room. I'm actually looking at Jasper priming on the
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can get to a point where like you have these meltdowns, like you say, daily. And then it gets really, 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 really bad. And it's harder to get out of that. So, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And then you sit in those moments, like you you were with your um, nonverbal for for quite a while. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And just just on on that note, if you if you are a parent and you're noticing an increase in meltdowns with your child or someone in your family, it's really important to. Try to reduce demands on that person as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let let your let your child or the person that's it's experiencing the burnout. Let them. Um, you know, you might have to take over some of the day to day stuff to help them. Um, allow them to rest, to engage in you know their special interest stuff um stimming all that kind of stuff can be extremely helpful to help a person get out of to get out of burnout
1: um and also you know burnout can also happen when overworked as well so <laughs> stop looking at me <laughs> um <laughs> um you know i mean I'm, I'm a bad example of this but work makes me feel good um
2: but it also could, it creates brain out.
1: out for me. But yes, what I'm trying to say is if you notice that your loved ones are working a lot and they're starting to have a lot more meltdowns um, from work.
2: Encourage, encourage the them balance.
1: Yes. Encourage them to maybe pick up a few less shifts so that they're able to focus on their mental well-being. Yeah. 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 Stop looking at me. I'm trying. I'm not.
0: <laughs> um, and with... Um... Morgan's just started working um <laughs> after recovering from burnout. So yeah. yeah. Um it's it's important that you know we balance when we're coming out of burnout as well. We balance taking on more demands with making sure that we look after our mental health.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We'll just jump into the deep end again, take your time.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I do realize that sometimes, you know, when you have been had very low demands for a while, it can be incredibly boring, which, you know, can, can, you know, we might need some stimulation for our brain again, but yeah, just, you know, we do sometimes as neurodivergent people have a tendency to all or nothing type thinking. Um, and sometimes we have to practice a bit of moderation. Yes. And that's when family family support can yes. can help.
1: Absolutely. I mean, when we do get into those stages, like overworking, you know, as people with autism or ADHD, we tend to forget to like even take care of our basic needs, such as eating or drinking enough water. Um, and so it's also just helpful to maybe remind them to eat and drink water and go to sleep. <laughs> And sometimes it might be even being like, hey, did you take your meds today? You know, because um, mm. when you have that much load on you and you're starting to get into that burnout stage, you start to forget those important necessities, which creates, it's kind of like a, you start snowballing really high. You start mm. forgetting those things and it creates even more stress and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, your executive function can definitely start slipping absolutely yeah um just maddie do you have any ideas and you might also morgan on like you know sometimes which is a a big fact a big reality for people um autistic people is that sometimes those reminders from a family member or friends um can feel like demands as well or can feel like perhaps somebody's judging you so what would be helpful ways that people can um, perhaps remind or look after you without a feeling like a demand or like someone's judging you?
3: Do it with them. Hey, I'm making
0: some cupcakes. You want one?
3: Hey, I'm making some dinner. Do you want to eat with me? I'm having some water. Do you want a glass? Um, I am going to go for a walk. Would you like to come with me? things like that it's just it's making it seem like it's a a fun activity compared to do this do that do that you know
2: like a group activity yes
3: yes yeah like I, I I've definitely I've had situations where I I struggle to feel hungry sometimes and that's purely I I think it's an autistic thing is you you don't get the signals that I'm hungry And then i'll be like i haven't eaten and but the thing is like i forget and then but with the people i live with they'll be like oh i'm making this do you want some it's like okay there we go like and then i'm like oh i've eaten that's you know it's smart it's really smart give it a go
1: i know and it's also like you know especially if it's like friends and family who are doing this it makes it feel like more of like a safe environment to actually Do it, Mm. and therefore it's not a demand. It won't make you feel tired or even more stressed out because they're safe, and it's also you know, oh, let's go for a walk together. You know, let's spend some time. You know, if you want to, you know, it makes it feel like not a chore.
3: Yeah, and it's 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 an offer, not a do it. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the fact that you can make the decision yourself whether or not you want to do it, but it's the fact that you probably will say yes because they're reminding you to do some basic Mm. humanly functioning things. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And and also just like a thing for me when I have lots of demands in my life, is that perhaps my food choices aren't the best. Like I might want to eat a lot more beige food or comfort food. Um and I think it's important for parents to perhaps practice a little bit of radical acceptance. Then, and just go, my kid's eating, not like they didn't eat their vegetables, they didn't have fruit. Um, you know, okay, they wanted garlic bread for dinner, or they you know, they want, just wanted to eat mac and cheese. Okay, you know, that's what we're going to go with today. Yeah, uh, and you're pulling your. <laughs> your your face there Maddie because you have different comfort foods but um mm.
1: in this household mac and cheese is a very staple and <laughs> well not for you it's been like you and Maddie he Hello Mum yeah Theo yeah You
2: yeah. are all
1: the same mac and cheese is very very nice when yeah. you don't I don't
2: mind mac food. and cheese. I, I disagree
1: was... immensely. Yeah
2: <laughs> for a second there you look like a Ferengi warrior <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, well, what's your comfort food, Maddie? I like at the
3: moment. I really like falafel wraps. Mm-hmm. Like it's bad. I I I like falafel wraps
0: and and wedges. Yeah, I like wedges. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, But things like um, like you know, Alfred will sometimes get which is uh, stands for avoidant restrictive um something to do with food. Sorry. We can we can put the word in, in the um in the show notes, but like um that can you can be more of an instance for that where perhaps what you don't want to eat or you want to just eat more restrictive type safe foods.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean when I was little I had offered, Yeah. Um you know I only ate like five different foods but it's also finding a way to, you know, be like, okay, that's okay. We're going to feed you that, but also, you know, in a safe comforting, comforting environment, you know, Hey, I'm going to have some of this num, num, num. Would you like some? Or, you know, like my dad did put tomato sauce in everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But also, you know, just making sure that if the person really, really hates the food, like Maddie with the mac and cheese, we're not going
1: to give you mac and cheese. We're
0: not going to force you to (laughs) eat the mac and cheese. Definitely
1: not. Don't make me eat mayonnaise. <laughs> um, I think we're talking about like how like sometimes you want to eat beige food. It's like it's not going to be beige food every single day.
2: No, it's usually only a couple of days when while they're resetting their brains. Exactly. Excuse yeah. the terminology, but it's literally just that. It's their comfort food and it's just why fight it? Just let it be and it's not forever. It's not like they're going to end up living on bread.
1: Jamin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, you can cut that out, but
2: well <laughs> oh, he, he turned out to be a good boy, so that's all right.
1: Yeah, does he use vegetables? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh you've got
0: a new friend,
3: Maddie. A oh, dragon. I highly recommend anybody with ASD or anybody who really wants a hug to get a ninety centimeter plush dragon um online you'll find it uh just search up 90 centimeter plush dragon you'll find it i had to decapitate him and put him back together to add more plush in him because he was too soft and he's got beans in his toes i'm going to add beans to his stomach so he's weighted
0: oh
1: lovely. i think that's really cool but- i feel like
3: people should make that they need to make a weighted dragon
1: they do. They make weighted dragons and weighted animals and everything.
3: They don't make weighted dragons. They do. Where? TikTok. I have not found a way to dragon. I
1: Anyways. Don't have a Dragon. It might have been a dinosaur. Oh yeah, no. Might a dragon. Have been a dinosaur. Yeah. You know, Sorry.
2: Just yeah. get a T Rex and chuck some wings on Sorry. it. <laughs>
1: <little>. Many, many <laughs> disagree. Yeah?
0: Just...
2: Anyway, so we'll add some um, resources. Yes, so yes. See, Uh what we've discussed, um, we might even see if we can find the some of the paperwork with the the lid flipping. Mm-hmm. Just some of those, so people can understand. The, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll,
3: I'll put links in the show notes, and uh, we'll probably put on the website too. Yeah. Um, just so anybody can find it, should be easy for you to find. Um, yeah. But this is yeah, because it's all really helpful stuff. Um, so. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, um, Mary and Morgan, for talking about your experiences as well and sharing some of the things that you find really helpful. Because um, it's going to be huge help to, to families and people. And I know that sometimes talking about, you know, talking about this type of stuff is not easy. Um, so just, just really want to yeah, say thank you. Um, and thank you, Wayne. Hi. <laughs> and yeah we will um we will see you in the next episode you've been listening to the seen heard accepted podcast with the valentine family if you would like to reach out to comment to ask a question to share your experience or to find out how you can work with us please use the contact information in our show description Please remember to love, subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family.